1: Hold up, hold up, I took a walk through this beautiful world. Felt the cool rain on my shoulder. Found something good in this beautiful world. I felt the rain getting colder.
2: This house came to be built by Dr. Blake, who was in the East India Company service. My grandfather came to be nominated to the body called the Council of State, which used to be a part of British India.
3: It was another time, one that few still remember. The India before partition, when these rooms This house was part of the seat of power.
2: I had the privilege of being born in this house, upstairs.
3: This was the Maharaj's bed. I'm in his chambers at present.
2: And it was the routine that we'd all parade up into my grandfather's room to wish him good morning. And then we'd all come down for breakfast.
3: The walls tell a story, many stories.
2: There used to be a lot of animosity. There were two very divided classes in India. So there was a lot of tension between the ruled and the rulers, but that was a different time, you know. Now I think back and it's more like a fairy tale.
3: Day one in northern India, near the Pakistan border. This is Amritsar, the Indian Punjab's largest city. Population, about a million. This is a part of India I've never seen, a place I've always been curious about. Home to some pretty legendary cuisine. In Amritsar, they have a say. The best food isn't cooked in people's homes. You find it on the streets.
1: Punjab, bon are oh you up in Punjab? Bon Peace to my deli family, in Korova. Hey, Tony, you a OG. Jiski bibi morti. Probably got fat off the maki di
4: roti. Don't take <laughs> tension. Don't be fussy. Sit back, relax, have a cold glass of lassi.
3: Punjabis are known for their adventurous spirit, as brave warriors who spread throughout the world bringing great food with them.
1: Don't worry about Sugar on the beat good looking simple sounds of my mom home cooking
3: in fact much of the good stuff we refer to simply as indian food comes from here
4: mm, like at my mouth peace to my brother tony Cuno from no doubt beat made
1: from the cover
3: The Punjab of the early 20th century saw some of the most violent resistance to British rule. And when the British finally cashed out in 1947, they carved off a huge piece, what is now Pakistan. And it remains a potential flashpoint for conflict. But that's easy to forget when you first smell the food. Kesar da Daba. Daba, meaning side of the road food stall. And there are, like countless Dabas to choose from in this town, but this one is legendary. See Tony eat vegetables. And mm. like it. You eat around this part of the world, Punjab in particular, get used to eating a lot of vegetarian. Chickpeas, dal. And India is one of the few places on earth where even for me, mm. that's not a burden. Ooh, what's that? Oh, I'll take that. Yeah, right here, my good man. Mmm, that's good sod. In the Punjab meat or no meat, you're almost guaranteed a free-for-all of intense colors, flavors, and spices. Unlike some of the joyless vegetarian restaurants, in my sad experience, vegetables here are actually spicy, all taste different, different textures and served with extraordinarily good bread. It's got this multi-tiered crispy on the outside, chewy in the middle. It's a whole different experience. If this was what vegetarianism meant in most of the places that practice it in the West, I'd be at least half as much less of a dick about the subject. Look, Hippie, if you made bread this good, I might eat at your restaurant. Mm. <whistles> Here, one of the first things you notice that's different from the rest of India turbans everywhere the symbol of self-respect bravery and spirituality for Sikh men Amritsar is the home the spiritual center of the Sikh faith the world's fifth largest and maybe most misunderstood religion in the heart of Amritsar stands the majestic Golden Temple the Sikh equivalent of the Vatican Sikhs are fundamentally against any caste system, believers in religious tolerance. But they are just as fundamentally warlike when it comes to defending their principles and what they see as their
2: territory. Welcome to Golden Temper.
3: Thank you. Today is a guru pura one of the most auspicious days of the Sikh calendar. Pilgrims from all over the world come to worship, walk the perimeter, and bathe in the holy pool. All are welcome of any faith or caste to remove their shoes, wash their feet, cover their heads, and take part in a simple meal. This is the Lunger. A free vegetarian meal served to many thousands of visitors from every walk of life every day of the year. They serve 16 hours a day, 16 hours a day, for how many years continuously? 300 years? 300 years. Everyone doing the cooking, the serving, the washing of thousands and thousands of metal plates and utensils are volunteers. The sound is extraordinary.
4: We have a teaching that everyone should serve all three things, money, mind and body, right, should be served to other people. Free of cost. And that's what we do.
3: Walking me through it all today, don't want sing. Now, a religion that's so concerned with tolerance where does the grand Punjab military tradition come from because it's a very very powerful
4: one so powerful people so hard-working people every Sikh you see if is baptized he wears a small sword in our prophet, when we get baptized he says you must protect yourself you must protect others and you must protect your country so that makes us what we are
0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.
3: Morning. The smoke from countless burning fields covers Amritsar in a thick haze.
5: My ear.
3: <laughs> the ancient art of Pilwani evolved from Indian wrestling techniques that date back to the 5th century BC. Ready,
5: start.
3: Training is rigid, as this is not just a sport, but a way of life. Wrestlers live and train together and have strict rules of diet and personal conduct. No smoking, no drinking, no contact with women. High school wrestling, actually, so that I could get out of gym class. I was a dirty, dirty fighter. It is an all too natural segue between the aggressive posturing of opposing bodies of Pelwani
1: <laughs> and
3: this. The entire border between India and Pakistan has only one crossing here at Wagga. Every sunset, the border is officially closed with this bit of national theatre. Wearing nearly duplicate uniforms, the Indian military and Pakistani Rangers take in a game of theatrical contempt. Clearly, it's a popular show.
4: So where are we? We are right next to Pakistan.
3: India and Pakistan were once one country, ripped apart in one of the hastiest, ill-considered partitions imaginable. Beyond there, no more fence? No more fences. So it's once you get past there, yeah. you can go straight into Pakistan, Pakistan if you yes. want. Yeah.
4: So See, they're, the they're problem is, the thing is, India is trying to stop people from coming in. The infiltrators, you know, drug dealers and terrorists. Uday is working on a documentary about the India-Pakistan border, right? No one wants to go into Pakistan. No one wants to go into no, Pakistan. No one wants to, in their right mind, wants to go into Pakistan. Well, <laughs> really? That's a fairly uh, decisive statement. Yeah.
3: So they put up the fence, but the fence is on the Indian side.
4: Yeah, it's uh, 150 meters from the border. Right,
3: so So beyond that fence, still Indian farmland. Yes. So people who live over here can farm over there. Can farm over there. The Punjab is a fertile region in an otherwise very dry country. This is India's breadbasket. With over a billion people currently residing in India, every inch of fertile Punjabi soil has great value. These are people who owned land over there. Yes. Then they put the fence. Yes. Suddenly your life became difficult. Exactly.
4: They are restricted by many things. They can only grow some kind of crops and they can't farm more than eight hours in a day. How long does it take to get back and forth the border security force mans these gates. Okay. So they have times, you know, when they can enter and come out.
3: How much farther can we go before they start to get worried?
4: Yeah, I think we should just go to that pole. When India and
3: Pakistan were separated, <laughs> yeah. the attempt was to try to draw a line across religious lines. Exactly. Drained by the colossal task of fighting two world wars, in 1947, Great Britain decided to end their nearly 200 year rule over India. In an attempt to prevent what the colonials saw as an inevitable civil war between Hindus, Muslims, and Sikhs, the British commissioned Sir Cyril Radcliffe, a lawyer from Wales, to draw up a new border. He was given two months,
4: you know. Two months to divide. Two months to divide the. Create a new country, basically. So he took the map and just drew a line. You know, people died because of the displacement. Unofficially, they say it's two million people. You know, when Jains fight, the minos get trampled upon. In one of the largest
3: exchanges of populations in history, many millions of people fled their homes. Almost immediately, religious violence broke out on a mass scale. This is exactly what the partition had been intended to avoid.
4: Do people here still have families over there? Yeah, they do. When the line was drawn, there were villages which were split into halves. There are some houses where you enter from India and you exit from Pakistan. Really? Yes. Wow. This part of Punjab and that part of Punjab, they're one state. So the culture, the eating habits, its very similar.
3: Well, that's a popular uh, metaphor for India. Pakistan is twins separated at birth.
4: They were never twins. I mean... It was one. One, one country, and you can say dismembered. Right. You know, if you cut a body in two, they're not going to become twins. Right. So it's sad, you know. You, you can see them. I mean, they're doing the same work as you're doing. Uh, they dress the same. They look the same. But they, you can't talk to them.
3: It is an ongoing struggle, an enduring cause of paranoia visible all across the region. Two nations with atomic arsenals who have showed, if nothing else, a terrifying willingness to use them. 2006 train bombings to the militant attacks in Mumbai the threat of terrorism along this border is a daily concern Something good? Really, really good when in Amritsar? Something local, regional, iconically wonderful? You can't say you've had the Amritsar experience until you've had a little culture in your life. Kulcha, this is the iconic dish of Punjab.
1: Yes, that's the speciality here.
3: Kulcha, a perfect little flavor bomb of wheat dough pressed against the side of a very, very hot clay oven, slathered with butter, and served with a spicy choli, a chickpea curry on the side. Did I mention the butter? How is it? Mmm. Nice? Delicious. Everyone in Amritsar seems to be an expert on kolcha, including this lady, Navrup.
1: The chutney and this is all radish.
3: Very, very, very good. Generally speaking, Punjabis are famous for being a warrior class. Taller, bigger.
1: Yes, they're big.
3: Still, maybe not fighters so much, but still eaters.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> big time, yes. The religion doesn't matter. Food is religion here. <laughs>
2: feeling this place checking off
3: my list of things to do in the punjab i got to score some animal protein it's time i'm been going all morose for like 2 days now and frankly that's enough i need chicken like we are in the ass end of nowhere here where am i it's known as Bira
5: chicken huh? It's very famous for chicken
3: when we're talking must-haves tandoori chicken is just that
5: add some lemon in this you will
3: enjoy it mm. oh man it's delicious This uh, type of establishment, dhaba.
5: Dhaba. It's called dhaba, You know, this is the most successful business here. Anybody you open a dhaba tomorrow, it will be a success. But if you, you know, if
3: you're going to do chicken, you better be good.
5: Yeah. (laughs) It's a good place for that. Would you like to have something else? There's uh, like a
3: roti with ground mutton or ground.
5: That's called naan. That's butter naan. Kima
3: naan, mutton ball, dough, and the special ingredient: magic hands. And believe me when I tell you, this shit is good. So good, that people snap it up the second it comes out of the tandoor up. Hey, that's mine. Mmm. Is it good? Just sensational. Wow. People do love their food.
2: Definitely, I love eating.
3: The movies and television in this country is fantastic.
2: Thousands of films are made per year.
3: I don't even understand why, what's going on. I mean, everybody dances and sings. I I don't get it. <laughs> have something else. This is good. Thank you. No, nothing. Thank you. It's delicious. So good. Leaving the fertile plains of the Punjab behind, I'm headed out towards the Himalayas. And getting there, at least the way I'm going, hasn't changed much in the last hundred years. All aboard. Oh, this is gonna be suboptimal seating. Yeah, I don't think this reclines. Thank God they have relaxed attitudes towards prescription drugs. Before you enter the gateway to the Himalayas, you better self medicate. Well, I've been like 24 hours without a bite of food. I arrive, it's like, oh, well, there's snacks on the way. Great, get a bag of peanuts. Truth be told, I'm an angry, bitter man when I board. I'm guessing there ain't a Shonies or a P.F. Chang on the way. Kind of cute, a little train. It's so little. It's the universal tourist. I'm going to King Kong ride. While my stomach growls, I become the kind of traveler I warn against gripey, self-absorbed, immune to my surroundings. But as my brightly colored little train heads up into the hills from Kalka Station, known as the gateway to the Himalayas, my worldview starts to improve. The unnaturally bright colors of India start to pleasurably saturate my brain, The views from the window of ridiculously deep valleys, hundred-year-old bridges, it's, well, breathtaking. My fellow passengers, too, are irresistibly charming. The school kids in their uniforms cheer in unison every time we pass through one of the tunnels. Much forgotten about my hunger until the whistle stop at Barog. This place is named for a Colonel Barog, the British engineer tasked with building the line up to Shimla. Thank you. The station and the adjacent tunnel bearing his name are rumored to be haunted. It's delicious. Already behind schedule, and plagued by cost overruns, Barog screwed up. When he realized the two ends of this tunnel didn't meet in the middle, he shot himself. It's the kind of personal accountability I'd like to see more of, frankly. Or is that just me? But all my snarkiness fades as I reflect, and one can't help but reflect, on what it took to dig, drag, blast, and tunnel one's way up this route back in the day. Back in the beginning, making the trip to Shimla required a somewhat uncomfortable three-day trek up the mountain by foot, or horse, or hand-carried palanquin. The stats are impressive. The climb of around 5,000 feet Over 100 tunnels, more than 800 bridges, an engineering feat, a job that, when you consider the time, defies imagining. In the building of this railroad, many died. Many, many died. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you. You look at that painting. When you stand out front in the garden and look out at the view, can you picture the way it was?
2: I've been to many places where it reminded me of what similar had been when the British first came and settled there. I have a penchant for such places. It is a kind of a throb that uh, I feel. Fond memories of British rule? Maybe not
3: what you'd expect to hear. But Kawaratinjit Singh, that's Reggie for short, his family was different. Indian royalty with palaces, the 1% of the 1%. So life for Reggie as a young boy was relative to the millions and millions of others his age, enchanted. Shimla is from a time before partition, when nearly the entire ruling class of British India would move to hill stations in the hotter months. Shimla was once known as the queen of all hill stations. Here, the colonials created England in miniature. Complete with Tudor architecture, rose gardens, afternoon tea.
2: My grandfather, it's very difficult to describe what did he do. Well, quite frankly, he did nothing. But he entertained hugely. Garden
3: parties, fancy dress balls, elephant hunts. the remnants of British rule can still be seen and felt. This is particularly true of one house, Chapsley.
2: My family was very fortunate that they were able to buy this house because it was a famous house
3: the house was purchased by Reggie's grandfather, the last Maharaja of Kapurthala. Those Brits really left beautiful buildings. From a distance, it looks much the same as it must have when the Maharaja slept here. Check out the tub. locked in a constant battle against time and nature. Barbed wire does little to keep Shimla's ever encroaching monkey population at bay. (laughs) Stripped of their wealth and their kingdoms, the one-time royals all across India have had to either sell their estates or like Reggie, turn them into hotels and guest houses in order to hold on. Ring a buzzer and a servant appears. Then they bring a hot water bottles at night, put them under the covers. Butlers keep popping in, build a nice fire.
2: A great facet of my childhood was how my grandfather entertained. His table came to be known as perhaps the most famous in northern India because he was a gourmet connoisseur of food.
3: Tonight, dinner at Chapsley, an elaborate Anglo-Indian menu from Reggie's childhood.
2: I'll put on my apron first.
3: My fellow guests, two of Reggie's friends, Raja Basin, a historian on the subject of Shimla, and Rakash Varlalsud, the barrister. There's so much history here. I mean, while I take a dim view of uh, colonialization, it's very hard to resist the charms of a house
5: like this. That's quite understandable, actually. You've got a 100 years of very, very intense history funneled into a very small place. This house used to house the uh, Secretary of State to the crowd.
3: What am I eating? This is eggs of a la Florentine.
5: This was a small town. A small town with a very, very big government. Simla enjoys the unique distinction of having been the summer capital of India and, surprisingly, it was the capital of Burma during the war days. So here you have this tiny little village up on the hill, connected to the rest of the world by a narrow mountain path, and they rule approximately a fifth of the human race for eight months every year. In today's context, it would almost seem bizarre.
3: Mulgatani soup, classic example of what we think of as Indian food in the West, but not at all. This was originally a soup made by Indian chefs to accommodate British tastes, is that correct?
5: It was something what you would call halfway between a regular dal, a lentil, which you would eat, and a broth. The glassy chops. Mutton, glassy chops basically meat cooked in its own fat, and it would have a lot of curry on it. It's a misnomer. This meat is not actually mutton. It is chevron.
3: Here, back before the rail line, it would be a difficult trip. Yes. But once they were up and running, I mean, there were many servants to look after your every need. You had a fireplace, a hearth in every room
5: and people on the regular payrolls whose only job was to shoo monkeys off the grounds. Wow. You'd be carried around in palanquins, little box in which you sat in a curtained box. This man would go stamping his staff in the ground and the bells would jingle and uh, the common folk would give way. And normally they were not even supposed to look in the direction. Mm -hmm. It was bad manners. Right. It wasn't easy for the people who built the town. It was India that paid the bill for all this grandeur, for all this pomp, for all this show. They did it at our expense and with our money.
3: At the end of the meal, there's coffee, brandy, and cigars in the sitting room, as one does, or once did.
2: I hope you enjoyed the dinner too.
3: Oh, very much, it was delicious. Really wonderful. A lot of history in this house. And one can be forgiven for maybe briefly forgetting what it took to build this lost kingdom. And how much the world has changed around it. monkey temple looks down on Shimla, overrun by its namesakes. Twisting up further into the Himalayas, I find myself in a place known as the Land of the Gods, nearly every village credited with having its own deity. Getting there, you might well have an opportunity to meet one of those deities, as you tear around narrow, guardrail-free mountain roads overlooking terrifying drop-offs. I could do heights, like, you know, I've done the jumping out of planes thing a number of times. But I feel it, you know, like, looking over a precipice like that one, I feel it on my knees. You know, like, if my knees could vomit with terror, they would be. be. They'd be vomiting with terror right now. They should have little underwear stops on this road, you know, where you could, like, get a fresh pair. Every couple of miles, it's like, ooh, that was scary. Overloaded buses, water trucks with worn brake pads, aggressive truck drivers can come wailing around the corner at any time. And they do, about every two minutes. Squeeze your cheeks tight and close your eyes. Oh, the enchantment of India. The remote locations of these isolated mountain villages has kept old traditions alive. Village fairs serve as an opportunity for families who live very far apart to get together, play games, eat, and partake in religious rites honoring local deities. Quite a ride getting here. Yeah, how do you enjoy that road? uh white knuckles (laughs) meet hashim he runs motorcycle tours through these parts
4: the himalayas it's the holy grail of motorcycling you're traveling almost thousand five hundred kilometers on a trip it's so unbelievably beautiful and diverse so we got here vegetable curry yogurt based uh curry quite typical in these parts
3: vegetables again surprisingly not a problem that's good Uh This is one of the few places in the world that I could eat vegetarian every day and yeah? still be happy. <laughs> Most of the people in this community farmers,
4: farming, farming. agricultural. Yeah.
3: What are they growing? Uh,
4: they do a lot of corn, potatoes, bees.
3: and wheat. People growing marijuana?
4: Yes, loads of it. Actually, loads of it,
3: as an export product or uh, for for personal use? For uh, oh, everything. For Mix ready. of everything.
4: So you think you want to go check out the fair a little bit Yeah, let's a little bit. take a walk through town yeah. and see what's, uh, see what's going on. For us. Predominantly an occasion for all these mountain villages to come together and, you know, specialize because, right. I mean, people are busy in their farms. They're not going to come and walk down and socialize with people. Right? But this, you know, because it's autumn, everyone is done with all the agriculture. Right. Now they're just bedding down for winter. There's a lot of romance in the air. <laughs>
3: i've been to mumbai kolkata sundarbans rajasthan kerala this is a part of india it's different than any other part look it's it's, it's fascinating and beautiful